do me a favor. Don't scream. Just hear what I've got to say. And then scream. And I feel like a criminal. What about Fiona Apple? Y'all remember her? Yeah, she was married to Paul Thomas Anderson. Did you know Heroin that? Heroin chic is what they call that. And I would give her the jab, if you know what I mean. They're like really skinny ladies who wear like clothes to hang off their body. Well, like, like that hip bone is really pokey. Uh, Damn, how many cuts? Uh, no, it's all right. I like that. You like that? Yeah. He likes it like that. What's something you don't like? Oh, balls, dick. Welcome to the Horrible Film School, a safe place to watch scary movies. Professor Chris here with the other horribles. Professor Hootie. What's going on, fellas? Excited to be here with the Crypt Keeper tonight. God, I wish I could do that voice. Not even going to try. And Professor Joseph. Hello, kitties. Who's ready for a creature feature? <laughs> Today's assignment, 1995's. Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. The lesson, always trust the guy carrying the pocket full of Jesus' blood. He knows the way. All right, let's go ahead and jump in and talk about the director. Um, Ernest R. Dickerson put out such gems as Bulletproof, Bones, did a few episodes of The Wire, um, as well as Dexter and The Walking Dead. But in my opinion, his crown jewel is Juice, the uh, Juice Tupac, yeah, Tupac, Tupac Shakur movie. Um, you got the juice now. Always, always been one of my favorite movies. One of the first DVDs I ever bought was Juice. I love that fucking movie. All right, we got some interesting tidbits to discuss with uh, Demon Knight here. Both Billy Zane and William Sadler, who we'll see later on in the film, um, they appeared in episodes of Tales from the Crypt prior to Demon Knight, as well as quite a few other stars, uh, including Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Ewan McGregor, Tim Curry, Kirk Douglas, and Demi Moore. William Sadler was in the very first episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, the original. Oh, gee. The pilot, as they call it. The interior sequences of the hotel were shot in an abandoned airplane hangar in Van Nuys, California. Since those scenes required constant darkness, uh, the movie takes place over the course of a single night, so, you know, all those uh, all those scenes are going to be shot in the dark. Birds nested inside of this airplane hangar, and that they would have to fire off a warning shot before they could film. <laughs> so instead of a clapper, they, they had like a pistol on set? Like, like, bam, and then, like, they would act. But they had a timer on the acting because the birds would start chirping again. Jeez, that's a pain in the ass. It's a good thing they didn't give that gun to Alec Baldwin. Okay. Too soon. Jesus. T's and P's. T's and P's. You're a little rusty on your jokes there. <laughs> that's what we call in the industry a, uh, is that a pun? Improvisation. What do they call the Improvisation. Billy Zane is quoted as saying his performance as the collector is his personal favorite of all of his works. So I think we're in for a treat, guys. It's the most enjoyable character he's ever played. Not the best movie he's been in, though, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously. We're going to discuss that later on as well. The original show ran from 1989 until 1996. Pretty good for a horror-based show on about a comic book. And then secondly, From Dusk Till Dawn and The Frighteners were supposed to be Tales from the Crypt films. However, we only got Bordello of Blood and then The Ritual, which was god-awful. The hell was The Ritual? I don't remember that one. Came out in like 2002, 2003. It's literally it based in the, something that had like Tales from the Crypt in the corner of the goddamn box. Oh, it was like a Presents type of situation. Just imagine that Tim Curry is in uh, Hawaiian shirts, and that about sums it up. There was also another little tidbit uh, I thought was pretty interesting. Cameron Diaz was the studio's choice for the Geraldine uh, role, but the director, Mr. Dickerson, insisted on Jada Pinkett for the role. I watched the Demon Knight documentary on YouTube. Jesus, uh, we'll not recommend it. On, huh? It's pretty boring. Um, 
said a lot about my life. Uh, but <laughs> truly, he said that he created a film that has the only black female survivor in a horror movie. Oh man, this is right before set it off. That was my dude, shit. Dude, fucking set it off, man. Oh. Remember the dude took off his necklace and like ran it down her ass crack? It was obviously a stunt she double. Did, she was a musician? What's that one where they were sucking on people's toes? I know that. Was that set it off? Don't be a menace. The South Central were drinking your juice. Oh, shit. That's what I'm thinking about. They had poured the ketchup on that bitch's toes and she had them. <laughs> Those hot sauce. She had, yeah. She had, they was pouring the hot sauce and he had hot Texas dogs. Pete. He was like sticking hot dogs in his ass or something. <laughs> she said, that's the baby's lunch. <laughs> That's the baby's lunch. <laughs> Man, I suck your fucking dick for a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Got these cheeseburgers, man. Got these cheeseburgers, man. Random ass oh, movie. That's the fucking movie we need to review, man. Let's begin the tale of 1995's Demon Knight. The world needs more people like you, Mr. Roach. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course, you don't mind if we kill the others, do you? Hey, if it makes you feel good, do it. If it makes you feel good, do it. Exactly. <laughs> first things first, of course. The blood seal. In typical Tales from the Crypt fashion, we find ourselves in the dilapidated manor and make our way downstairs where we meet our familiar friend, the Crypt Keeper, brilliantly voiced by the uber-talented John Kassir, whose voice acting credits include everything from the Metal Gear Solid franchise to Final Fantasy XV, as well as Afro Samurai and Rocket Power. In this story, the ghoul finds himself in the director's chair, helming a B-horror flick full of tits and a tub full of body parts and acid. After dropping some classic TFTC puns, the Crypt Keeper introduces our feature film and we open on a deserted road. Two cars speed down the blacktop, the first driven by a man we'll come to know as Breaker, played by William Sadler, who is drawn to... Stephen King adaptations like A Fly's Drunk to Shit, uh, The Green Mile, The Mist, 2022's Salem's Lot, and the second car, driven by The Collector, brilliantly played by Billy fucking Zane. If you don't know who he is, a little film by the theme of Titanic is on the phone. They'd like to have a word with you. Well, we're going to turn this car around, okay? Because I, I, I heard the excitement in your voice for Billy Zane, and Zane deserves but the man who doesn't get enough credit is Mr. William Sadler. This dude is fucking plain toast if plain toast was a human being. He has got a chisel This guy is so boring, man. Well, he was the uh, Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and the second one, which I don't know the name of. I think you Um, got it right. And Die Hard 2, Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, a great film called VFW. Uh, And this man... Shares the birth date with Ron Perlman, which is April 13th, 1950. He's fucking legends, baby. Legends, legends. in the hospital that day. April 19th, 13, April 13th, 1950 was a fucking legendary day, fellas. Well, Chris, do you want to swing back with a few credits for uh, Billy Zane, or shall I do the honors? Billy Zane has had kind of a weird fucking career, because for me, it was this, it was Titanic. Of course, he's fucking Cal. Every time I think about his character in that fucking movie, I think about a show called Workaholics. In their very first episode, they make a joke about this guy. He's uh, he's he's trying to convince them why he's not interfering in this guy, trying to hook up with this chick. He goes, I'm not going to get in the way of true love, man. What the fuck am I, Billy Zane? I always fucking thought that was great. <laughs> I fucking love that show, dude. Like the epitome of the, the cock blocker is his character in that movie, so... But yeah, I remember him in Sniper when I was a kid, which I have zero fucking memory oh, of. Oh, with the Tom Barry. Exactly. The only memory I have is him and that, that do-rag. That's the only thing I remember about that shit. It was on TV a lot. But uh, yeah, that and Zoolander. Again, one of those random fucking cameos. So why is Billy Zane such a pop culture like? He's almost larger than like what he actually is. I think he's just a brilliant character actor is what it comes down to. Like, he's very, he's a scene stealer in anything he's in. He's charming as fuck. I'll give him that. But very, he's not in very, a lot of good stuff, charming. though. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Y'all are leaving out, a, like, a good amount of, like, decent shit he's in. Scorpion King 3? Uh, Critters, for one. Mm. Back to the Future 1 and 2. The Phantom. He he's in Tombstone. Lines. The book fucker <laughs> guy's in Tombstone. Didn't even mention that. Did he? He was in Tombstone? 
Yeah, he was the flamboyant like uh, guy who brings in the whores. Oh yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's a great bit part guy, and he's charming as fuck. All the props in the world to him, but I don't know. I feel like he hasn't done anything in a long time. Uh, to that, Chris, shout out to one of our favorite platforms, Tubi. In 2022, they are releasing a show called Hellblazers, a Tubi original with Tony Todd. Fuck that sounds yeah, fucking Tubi. terrible. You don't even like just the name sounds terrible alone. I just want to hear Tony Todd read a fucking phone book. I don't care. What is this? <laughs> just what speak, is this? Tony. Is this about them doing like a fucking a race in hell or something? Is this like the movie Come Rat Race but in hell? Tell everyone. Ah, fucking voice is fantastic. Billy. All right, I got a little. I got a little sidebar here <laughs> since you brought up workaholics, and I would probably never get to bring them up again. Do you guys remember the movie Entrapment with Catherine Zeta Jones and Anthony uh, Edwards? Is it wait no 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 fuck Anthony Edwards from fucking ER? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Revenge it's of the not nerds. Anthony Anderson either. What's the fucking famous guy, man, who plays uh, Banderas? Antonio Banderas? No 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 Hannibal Lecter. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. All right, you remember Sir that Anthony Hopkins. You remember that movie? No, it wasn't like a knockoff of uh, Unfaithful or something. Well, no, it's the thing is she, God, he's, trying to, he's trying to train. He's trying to, <laughs> He's trying to train her to be a fucking thief or whatever, and she. He's there's a scene where she's having to dip beneath, dip beneath like lasers and shit, and it, it does like close up ass shots of Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that Perry did a lot. All right, well there's a, there's a scene in Workaholics where what's his name is singing. The guy who actually can sing, Adam, like the funniest guy on the show. Catherine Zeta Jones, she dips beneath lasers. Whoa. She has entrapped me and Sean Connery. Whoa. Did y'all enjoy that the, the blonde lady in the very beginning of the film said that killing her husband got her hot and squishy? Yeah, that was very, uh, that got me hot. Yeah, I didn't know we were in a movie there for a bit. Uh, then it cut to the old Crypt Keeper, and I was fucking cracking up, dude. It was the just so hard not to enjoy yourself. The screen on that was such ass, man. Yeah. Oh my God, it was terrible. But the theme, the theme song from the show when they're pushing into the house, it's got me like a little giddy. Yes, it's definitely a nostalgia trip. You're not even a Robert Deadford. Like I had forgotten the theme song, but you know, as soon as I heard it, I was like, hey, this is exactly what this is. Why, why was this on when we were kids at like six in the morning? I don't know. This was like the late night thing to watch though. Yeah, super like, late night. If you night. stayed up all night, this was on like TBS. I remember watching this before I went to school. Damn, what time were they dropping your ass off? <laughs> Let's get rid of this little son bitch. We're driving him off at three this morning. <laughs> I remember seeing it in like two a.m. like with my cousins because we went and going to sleep and stuff. Yeah, we watching that super late. It was like always an HBO thing. Like if you had poor person TV, you couldn't watch it. Yeah, maybe my dad like taped it on VHS or something. You know, back then we tape shit. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, get the VHS. Don't tape over my tales from the crypt tapes, hoodie. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Everybody in the house refers to each other by their last name. But yeah, that was great. And then this the puppet, the Crypt Keeper puppet. It's just fucking legendary, man. It's just one of those things I'd like to see in person. Yeah. I, yeah. I, they, they they tour uh, Annabelle's fucking doll around town. Fucking tour the Crypt Keeper's doll around I town. Feel like, yeah, I, to see that. I feel like somebody like Rob Zombie bought the original fucking doll or some shit and is keeping it in his basement. Unable to escape and running low on gas, Breaker slams on the brakes and pulls out a rifle. Emptying the gun into the collector's fast-approaching Trans Am. The car catches fire from a well-placed shot, but continues to barrel forward, the collector intent on destroying them both as he slams into the stopped car. Breaker narrowly escapes and makes his way into the nearby town of Wormwood as the two cars and the collector go up in flames. Just watching that motherfucker walk around in a duster with a cowboy hat on was... Brutal tombstone vibes. Here's a cool little little tidbit about the uh, the name of the town. Star Wormwood is actually a sign of the apocalypse. Hopefully we do the movie Wormwood one day on the podcast as a review. That's a movie? It's a movie. I've showed you the trailers like two or three times. Oh, yeah. Apparently it didn't leave very much of a fucking impression. <laughs> it's a bit forgettable. It's like somebody driving <laughs> in the desert, right? Yeah, it's like Mad Max meets like... Yeah, yeah, we did see that. It was like an Australian movie, right? Yep. So everybody's talking all funny and shit. Oh, he's a fucking zombie there, bloke. Aye. 
talking all wrong and shit. You know we invented English here in America. Breaker, desperate and out of options, tries to steal a station wagon but is caught in fleas, running into the town drunk Uncle Willie, played by Dick Miller. Who's been Dick a, Miller. Dick Miller. He's been in a ton of stuff dating back to the 1950s, but there's only one movie that he was in that actually matters, and that's Gremlins. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! <laughs> Dick Miller. That name sounds like a profession on a, a porno set. This is the Dick Miller. <laughs> Do you fellas, looking at Dick Miller, in this movie in 1994... How old was Dick Miller when he died? So he's dead. That's what you're saying. He's, he's dead. dead. Okay. He, he is died dead. like in what? 2019? Shit, this movie came out 25 years ago. There's no way he lived more than another 15 years. I'm going to say he was 80. I think he was like 90. Joy is correct. 2019, he was 90 years Damn, old. We just That's missed crazy. him. Yeah, it's insane. Rest in peace, Dick. R.I.P. Dick, gone too soon. Loved you in Gremlins. This was the first time he ever had prosthetics as well placed on his body. On what is Dick? He did not like it. <laughs> he made it pretty far in his career without prosthetics. So. Yeah. He was a very handsome man. I looked up some of his like older movies. He was a very good-looking guy. He reminded me a lot of like Elias Kataeus. And like he kind of had like a De Niro chin well, he's, he's going on. He's a man's on. man is what, what's going on. He's got yeah. a man's yeah, man right. face. Yeah, cool-looking old dude. So Willie escorts Breaker to a local church-turned-boarding house just as local law enforcement discover the fiery crash. Somehow, the collector himself survived and makes himself known to the local sheriff and Deputy Bob just before detailing his pursuit of Breaker, who he describes as a dangerous man. The law dogs take him at his word, and the three begin to question the locals as to the whereabouts of the other vehicle's driver. Did you guys know anything about detect about Deputy Bob? I know that that's like the worst fucking name for any character in any movie. No, he's a big, large, white, fat man. He's actually Native American. Didn't know he was a big, large, white Native American. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have known this if it were the fact. There's an FX show that just came out this past year called Reservation Dogs, which was fucking great about a bunch of kids on a reservation, and he's like the weird uncle who like smokes pot and berries in his yard and shit. So he's still kicking. Cherokee Chucka, oh my baby, she's a Chippewa, how she's a one of a kind. Fucking racist. Wait a minute, did you just say because he's in a native movie that makes him native? Everyone on the show is a Native American. Just like everybody on that Mayans show is a Mayan. <laughs> like, they're, they're, all effects, they're all Aztecs. Aztec motorcycle right. show, they're all Mayans. <laughs> Real gangsters. 100% full-blooded, <laughs> cut your fucking head off on a pyramid, Mayans. Yeah, this dude I had zero memory of, but then watched it now. I was like, ah, oh, he was just in that show I watched. It was a great show. So, give that epic show a little shout out there. Breaker and Willie arrive at the Mission Hotel, where we meet the proprietor, Irene, as well as the local whore, Cordelia. The mysterious stranger bribes his way into a room where he's escorted begrudgingly upstairs by Geraldine, an itinerant convict on work release portrayed by Jada Pinkett. The Smith wouldn't come till 1998. Yeah, I no no disrespect to her because I have nothing wrong with the lady. Uh, I forgot that she acted. Like I haven't seen her in anything in yeah. a very long time. Oh, uh, you seen the fucking Matrix movie that just come out? It was terrible. No, I did not. She was in that. It sucked. Well, I didn't watch it. <laughs> have you seen Gotham? <laughs> no. Think I just haven't watched the right things. Apparently, uh, <laughs> I was I was going over her Wikipedia page and she's actually into a bunch of shit, man. She did vocals for a. Uh, um, heavy metal group called like Mystic Mayhem or something, something like that. They Gore. were actually on Ozfest. Gore. The the new band I just found out about Gore. Oh, big white guys in makeup, and then there's Jada Pinkett. Downstairs, Cordelia consoles ex-postal worker Wally, who has just lost his job amid suspicious circumstances. However, Wally, being the ultimate blanket retrieving cuck, has to listen while Cordelia bangs a regular named Roach played by the awesome Thomas Hayden Church of Wings and Tombstone fame. And Spider-Man 3, the fucking Sandman was Jesus, getting that's his that's like the end. most obvious one, though, to call that one out. Sandman was And Georgia the Jungle, You don't remember fellas. him in Wings? Oh, you don't remember watching Wings? In Georgia the Jungle. 
I know him from George the Jungle. I'm sorry. I fucking Sideways. love George. He's the good Jungle. in Sideways. That was like an actual good. I think that's his movie. and that other weird looking motherfucker's claim to fame. Paul Giamatti, yeah. Paul Giamatti. Weird looking bastard. Yeah. George the Jungle? Is a claim to fame? I did not know that. Oh, Sideways. I did not know that. Sideways. Paul Giamatti, ironically, did play an ape in Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Ironically. <laughs> so, it was like the best ape <laughs> in that movie. So technically, they were kind of both were in George of the Jungle in a way. But, uh, yeah, Sandman getting some. And then Wally, actually, here's a little funny tidbit for you you might not be aware of. We have called out this actor before on this very podcast. We have. We gave him props on a movie called A Nightmare on Elm Street, to which he played the doctor that checked in on Nancy's brainwaves. And then we talked about how he's the voice of Roger Rabbit. Holy shit, he done age well if that's the same guy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Same dude. like a whole different person. I'm, this fucking cast, time. this cast is like crazy good for like a B movie. It's all character actors, every damn one of them. Yeah, I don't know if Jada Pinkett Smith's a character actor, but the rest of them. I know she's a character. <laughs> hey, <laughs> question here about: Did you notice that the hand tattoo had a sound effect? Yeah, it, sounds it was like a, a cat like screeching. I was like, dude. "What the it's, fuck is going on?" Uh, here's the thing: I didn't Ow. even mention. I don't even mention the hand tattoo in the entire fucking thing. They never about. really explain what the hell is going on with it. They kind of do. They kind of don't. It's, it's they weird. had to line up, like were people dying? Yeah, lined yeah. It up, like, I think? If every if all the stars line up, then there has to be a new guardian or something. I don't fucking know. So every yeah. time it moved, like a, a somebody else got a thing, another planet. I don't know, but there was a sound effect every time it made it. It did that too, which cracked me up every fucking time. It was like a cat growling. It was literally like the most Round. fucking soundboard cat sound you could ever have. Exactly. Poor fucking Wally, though, was getting roasted. And as a kid, yeah. the thing I remembered most about this movie was Cordelia. Just the name and the character for some reason. Meanwhile, the collector informs his police escorts that Mr. Breaker stole something from him. And that's the reason for his pursuit, just as a call comes over the radio. Irene informs the sheriff that a mysterious stranger is at her hotel and he may have some connection to the recent attempted car theft. The sheriff, Deputy Bob, and Collector arrive at the mission, and Breaker takes Geraldine at knife point, threatening the girl if they don't back off. The lawmen refuse to back down, and with no other option, the mysterious stranger gives himself up and is cuffed. Having witnessed Breaker stash something under the table, Wally finds a key-shaped relic the item that the collector has been searching for all along. The collector presents a case, perfectly fitted for the antique, and asks Wally to do the honors of pouring out the liquid contained within before returning it to its rightful place. Before the drunk can comply, the sheriff interrupts and informs the collector that his crashed car came back as stolen and that he's under arrest too. Instead of being taken away, the collector punches the sheriff so hard in the face that his hand goes through his entire head, very much like a hot dog through a donut hole. Down a hallway. Down a hallway. <laughs> the group screams in horror as the superhuman spins the sheriff around, trying to dislodge his hand from the dead man's skull. Unable to do so, he pulls the head directly from the body, just as Breaker slips free of his cuffs and grabs the relic from the sheriff's corpse. He presses it against the collector's face, and his skin sizzles and cracks before jumping through a nearby window. I did not remember this face punch. I think I would have, because it fucking shocked me when I watched it. It literally flipped a fucking switch with the I did movie. not see as it coming. As soon as it happened, it's on. I was like, holy fuck, he just punched that guy. And they, they did like the whole bit where he was shaking it off. That was fucking great. Yeah, it was fucking great, man. I love like com- the comedic like relief in this movie. is fantastic. Across the board. And then another thing here I was thinking. When he uh, first walks up to Breaker, pointing at his coat pocket, he says, I think you'll find what I'm looking for in there. All I could fucking think about was the heart of the ocean from fucking Titanic. (laughs) I'll never let go. I put the necklace in the coat. I put the coat on her. I love that motherfucker goes back to the damn safe trying to, I got to find my shit, bro. I got to get out of here. So I, I thought the movie actually had really good pacing. Uh, to like Joy's point of how it really picked up, I think like from here on, like, the pacing is fantastic. Yeah, and it elevated yeah, quick. It felt kind of like unconventional, I guess. Too, I guess this kind of goes back to the TV movie roots of the movie itself. Like it's not fucking around with you. 
It's like an episode of a TV show. Like it's got to catch you. It's got to run. I literally feel like this is an hour and a half long episode of Tales from the Crypt. Right. Yeah. They definitely brought that mentality into it. It's in this moment the Collector reveals himself to be a greater demon, and a powerful one at that. With his blood, he summons forth a band of lesser demons, and they begin their assault on the hotel. Breaker, having armed himself, takes out several monsters. With the key-shaped relic in hand, he pours some liquid from within, creating magical seals throughout the building. Roach and Cordelia, assuming the coast is clear, attempt to flee only to be ambushed and overpowered. Roach says, fuck this, and leaves Cordelia to her fate as Wally the Cuck comes to her rescue. Retreating back inside, the group hunkers down as Breaker places more seals on the doors and windows with what we learn is blood. Down in the basement, the survivors stumble upon an entrance to an abandoned mineshaft, forgotten behind a makeshift wall. Meanwhile, after an argument with Roach upstairs, Cordelia finds herself alone and the Collector invades her mind, seducing her and possessing her soul and, in turn, her body. Wally, hopelessly in love with her, checks in on the newly possessed demoness and becomes her victim as his screams bring the rest of the group. A struggle ensues as Cordelia mutates into an unholy abomination and pins Breaker to the floor. Irene, armed with her dead husband's shotgun and the relic, attempts to help the mysterious stranger only to be subdued by the demoness, losing her arm in the process. Breaker is, uh, is able to grab the shotgun and put Cordelia down once and for all. Rip, we've lost two people at this point. There you go. They're going pretty, pretty quick, down like flies. What do you guys think about the actual demons that Billy summons? The actual, the, the makeup of those guys? Uh, I thought they were fan-fucking-tastic. Like, the practical effects in this movie are good. They look like Pumpkinhead. Because the guy who created Pumpkinhead worked on this film. Really? <laughs> they look fucking good, man. They, they, did, they aged very well. Well, here's the thing. They weren't going to be in the movie. Like, the studio wasn't going to pay to have, like, to have... You pay for this shit. They, they wouldn't have the budget to make it. I think the uh, director had to actually front the money for it. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, that definitely was what makes the movie this, the most memorable images are these. They look like, I don't know, the fucking Predator. Like, they have dreads pulled up. Yeah, they got fucking tails. dreads and, and piercings and shit. It's dude. fucking bizarre. And, like, their legs are bent backwards when they're, like, climbing up the stairs and stuff. It was really like fucking goats. Cool. They're like goat legs. Earlier in the movie, uh, uh, what is the, what's the guy's name? Uh, from George of the Jungle. Thomas Hayden Church. Roach. Thomas Hayden Church. Roach. Roach. There we go. It's all about it. I'd say Roach. So early in the movie, Roach was having sex with Cordelia, and he was having his nipples clamped with a battery. Uh, and I really enjoyed, and this scene probably was shot back to back, but I really enjoyed when she went back into the room by herself and was crying and Billy Zane was talking to her. Behind her was still the car battery that she previously used. Nice. I didn't catch that. nipple clamp, so I thought it was pretty. Yeah, the whole Billy, the Billy sex dream things, they were all fucking great, man. That was him and his most charming. Because I actually watched this with earbuds in, so it was like he was in my head. Dude, I bet you. Just that voice, man. He's just like. Your nipples was just as hard as Jada's, guaranteed. It really reminded me of of the parking deck scene in Candyman when Tony's talking to Helen. Obviously not as cool a voice. Yeah, it was definitely more sensual than that, but, but it's fucking smooth, dude. For somebody who I hold in my mind is just this real fucking asshole from Titanic, he's, I can see what Rose was trying to go for there. In the in the documentary, that Billy Zane said that he got the Titanic role because of this film. Damn, whether I, that's true or not, I could kind of fucking see it now that I think about it. I had James Cameron's into like weird sci-fi and shit, so I'm sure I'm sure he watched this. James probably loved this. Yeah, and then the Cordelia transformation, the fucking jaw thing, that was terrifying, dude. It was like fucking zero to a hundred quick. Yeah, it's great. Uh, her chin was like down in her cleavage. It's like, the tongue out. It's fucking disgusting. I didn't really, for whatever reason, I didn't do the re- do too much looking into who did the uh, special effects, but or the makeup. Um, so hats off to them, whoever you are. According to Hootie, it's fucking Pumpkinhead guy. Fucking Pumpkinhead man. Pumpkinhead's great. I got no knowledge of Pumpkinhead either. It's none none of whatsoever. I feel like I watched it, but I just have no memory. I think I did too, but I think the fact that there's like no actual pumpkin head 
like just turn me off of it. It's not, but it's more alienish. It's very long and wide. We'll get there. But it's not so like, shoot, like alien head. So he's not the fucking headless what horseman about, with the fucking what if they, jack lantern. What if they head? named him awesome, Egg? Man. They should have named him Egg. If they called the movie Eggplant Head, I probably would have. <laughs> well, that would mean that mean a penis on his face in, in these days. So. Yes, yeah, that's synonymous with the weenie. How does he manage to turn her? Though I didn't really get that part. She let him in her heart. Is that what it was, or in her mind? So I think it's like a soul, soul type deal. Like you, you actually. So you just have to acquiesce to what he asks for. Well, he promises you like all this shit, and then you know. If it's so he like wasn't trying to physically it. get in the building, is my question. When he kept saying, "Let me in, let me in." Well, I, th- I think let me in to you, like let me into you, you know. Because physically, you. he's not gonna be able to cross inside that plane. Inside of you. Inside of you. I want to be. Can I be inside of you? I feel like I've been serenaded right now. Like, you remember that scene where they're fucking and he's like helicoptering her? She's like in the air? Yeah. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> God, the movie's so fucking good. It's like it's the best so breakup movie ever made. The group do their best to comfort Irene and decide to try their luck down in the mine shaft, much to the dismay of Breaker. Making their way through the tunnels, the survivors come across a young boy named Danny. Danny! Danny! The same kid that caught Breaker in the process of stealing a car earlier. But that's not all they find. The kids' parents are there as well. And they too have been possessed. The crew flee in terror back to the mine's entrance, which Breaker sealed earlier. Roach, being the big dick Chad that he is, shoots through the barrier, killing the boy's possessed dad, but also destroying the blood seal in the process. The demons pour through as the group retreat upstairs, narrowly escaping thanks to an accidental seal created earlier making the upstairs impenetrable by the demonic forces. Roach does a lot of fucking up in this movie. Yeah. So, why was a shotgun blast through the invisible wall what broke it? Well, I don't think it's actually the shotgun blast that blew it up. Like, I guess I could have been a little bit more detailed right here, but the shotgun blast hits the demonic or the possessed dad in the face and we've seen from the rest of the movie whenever you hit him in the fucking eyeballs in the face giant green lasers shoot from their skulls and they blow up whatever they touch and i think it blew up like the other side of the wall so at that point the seals like broke yeah like green is definitely the color of this movie watch the movie people if you want like a super (laughs) detailed fucking explanation i'm not doing it the physics of the uh the demonic eye explosions how are we Give me a little science class here. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the green was cool because it's the whole movie, like we said, is so fucking dark, and the green is just fluorescent, oh, fucking yeah. glow stick green. The, the, the glow, well, they like the glow stick juice they use for his blood, like that was like actually glow stick juice. I thought didn't, didn't um. I think a lot of reanimator did, did the shit. same thing. Yeah, I think reanimator did it. Did it. Shout out to reanimator. I mean, it makes sense. Like it looks like really good. Like so, my question is: really This well. is big fucking Hollywood budget, millions of dollars. You can't just go to the manufacturer and buy like a gallon of that. Like there, you have like twenty people just breaking glow sticks in half on set. Well, you know the damn director's got his son over there just pouring fucking glow stick grease into the goddamn bucket. Well, I don't know how glow sticks work because you have to crack them for it to work. True. How would you crack a fucking five gallon bucket? I, well, I think you just swing it like really hard above your head, <laughs> and smack the bucket against a fucking tree or something. That was William Sadler's job. He was a bucket swinger. Through a series of flashbacks, we learn of the relic's history as well as breakers. The relic seems to date back to before the time of Christianity and was originally filled with the blood of Jesus of Nazareth as he suffered and bled on the cross. The demons JC let's go. The demons have been trying to get their claws on the key for over two thousand years, with only the relic's guardian to keep it safe and out of the hands of evil. Breaker is the vessel's current guardian. He met his predecessor while serving in France during World War One, where he was bestowed the mantle of guardian as the man lay dying. The power of the relic lies in that of a guardian's blood, that which destroys demons and gives the guardian a much longer lifespan. Breaker explains that the demons are searching for seven keys that will unlock the power of the cosmos and allow them to take back the universe, and that they have already found six. This relic... This last remaining key is the one he possesses, 
and if they were to surrender it, it would mean the end of everything as they know it. Danny somehow manages to wander off during this explanation, and the group takes off in pursuit, but not before Roach is able to lift the relic from Breaker for his own selfish ends. Fucking Roach, again. Fucking Roach, dude. He's like, he's literally like the protagonist, or the antagonist. He's the fucking antagonist. I don't think it's Billy Zane in this. I don't don't think it's the demons. I think it's Roach. This monologue by William Sadler is why you have to love William Sadler. It was great. Yeah, he really gets into this part. You could tell this is what he wanted to do. I feel like he was reading a fucking Duncan Hines goddamn instant cake mix box to me. Your hatred of William Sadler. No, it's not hatred. I just don't see see what's moving you so much about this guy. He's a very blue-collar actor, and I I I appreciate it. I think this is the movie he got the most fucking FaceTime in. Oh, he was—he got naked in Die Hard 2. He was the main bad guy in Die Hard 2. Die Hard on a plane. He got naked in Die Hard 2, Joy, I okay? Like, I don't think that's like... I don't think that's really <laughs> his claim to fame, you know? I don't think that's the thing he says. His fucking mug or his headshot doesn't say naked in Die Hard 2 on it. <laughs> I don't think that's in the top five or ten things he's done. Like, how, how prevalent was he in Shawshank? He was like top... Six character, probably. He was <laughs> the guy that tried shit. to kill Andy. He tried to kill Andy when he first got there. Oh, yeah, he's the guy buddy. who kind of like, yeah, yeah, he earned, he earned his respect or whatever. Yeah, yeah. While searching for the missing kid, Geraldine finds herself trapped in a mental space by the collector as he unsuccessfully attempts to seduce her into turning over the key. This scene is very memorable to, memorable to me. I saw it around the time I hit puberty, and I distinctly remember him like chubbing up, watching Jada and her nipples in that white tank top. That's a hell of a memory. Not watching with William, William Sadler getting ate out. That's not what did it for you. Not watching his like naked butthole in Die Hard Two. That fucking who <laughs> hey. remembers the goddamn much? <laughs> I remember uh, specifically the <laughs> the picture of her with the hands that coming scene, through. That like, scene kind of fucked me up. And I remember that image, which obviously is another Nightmare on Elm Street reference. She was so hot on that picture, and then it rips it off, and it's like William Sadler getting his like intestines eaten by monsters. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I'm, I, I feel like Jada Pinkett is the kind of lady who would, who would have asked the director to keep those pictures, and she probably has them in her house now. They were gorgeous paintings. Irene and Bob find Willie in the attic during what he, doing what he does best. Getting drunk as fuck. Getting fucking booed up. And Tandy by his side, immersed in a comic book he stumbled upon. Irene scolds the pair and sends them downstairs to bring the rest of the group up, as this may be the very best place to fortify and survive the night. Willie and the kid look for their friends until Willie stumbles upon the most glorious thing he's ever seen in his entire life. A tiki bar staffed by topless models and endless booze. Tending bar is a familiar face, the collector, who pours the lush drink after drink after drink till the old dog succumbs to temptation and gives his soul over. Yeah, this thing was fucking fantastic. So much of The Shining, obviously, in here. Yeah. With him just getting shit-faced at the bar, and then you get the shot of the kid watching him. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Where was their tits in The Shining? This scene's all about tits. The lady in the bathtub? I don't, I don't, I don't remember the tits. Oh, yeah, good God. Remember the grandma? Okay. You remember the grandma? This is some of the right. most memorable Now, titties. this is a different type her of... This is some of the most memorable <laughs> breasts I've ever you seen. You don't remember them showing her <laughs> clit like the size of a small dick? Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Dude, I remember but that. But Jack just getting shit-faced at the bar, and he's literally just sitting there by himself. That's kind of the same idea. The alcoholic coming to this situation. So this movie got an R rating, and I... And when this scene hit, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. There it is. Billy is great <laughs> okay. in this fucking scene, too. Damn, the He's scene where, the damn, what's-his-name was getting tuned up with them, with them pincers and her tits were out. Didn't, like, think you think it was all righty? It's a nip slip. I mean, you know. She had her entire titties <laughs> out as the Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> it's a nip slip. <laughs> Does a whole titty get you an all I think that was a vulva slip. I don't think that was just a fucking nip slip. <laughs> Yeah, he slipped it in, all right. But yeah, fucking Billy's doing like uh, he's doing like an accent. He's got the fucking cigar in the head on. He looks like great. the dude from Fear and Loathing in this scene. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson, the the yeah, John, Johnny Depp like character. That. Yeah, he he looks like him in this scene. 
He's definitely having a blast with his character. Like, oh, fucking Billy Zane is so fucking good. God yeah, damn, he bats a hundred in this. Meanwhile, back in the attic, Irene and Bob come across an arsenal belonging to the dearly departed Wally, who literally intended to go postal on his former place of work, albeit without any ammo, but strapped with a suicide vest made of hand grenades. Breaker and Geraldine finally find Willie and the kid, with Willie having fully transformed and grabbing Breaker by the throat, pinning him to the wall. The Guardian is able to decapitate the old man with a nearby machete, and Danny delivers the killing blow, stabbing the head into a set of deer antlers, destroying the eyes. Fucking brutal, man. I like The eyes! The back. fucking eyes, Danny! He whipped his head back and said, You wouldn't hurt your Uncle Willie now, would you, baby? Drunk as fuck. <laughs> you know, drunk as fuck great. right there, man. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy I used to get so back in the day. Oh, you know it, man. In the lobby, Roach finally puts his plan into action, striking a bargain with the collector. He destroys the upstairs blood seal and turns the relic over. As Roach leaves, the greater demon goes back on his word, and the lesser demons under his control tear the asshole to shreds. Num, 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 num. I got something I got to say. This is my favorite line, favorite little piece of the movie, is when Roach, uh, Billy asks uh, Roach, I forgot something about the key. No, yeah. Uh, Billy says, can I kill the rest of them? And uh, Roach says, uh, if it makes you feel good. And then Billy says, if it makes you feel good. If it makes you feel good, do it. He's fucking <laughs> that fantastic. Was so funny. And then he does the whole bit with the uh, sponge in his mouth. That was fucking you know, awesome. He improv that. <laughs> it was fucking great. He came up. He came up with that. He, he fucking. He, he came up with that. Yeah, he's fucking eating it. That hospitality oh. up, man. It's fucking awesome. God, it if it makes you feel God. good, do it. Yeah, he doesn't waste. <laughs> he doesn't waste the scene in this whole. I like. Movie. I don't think we went over it, but early in the movie, when he like jumped out the window to get away from the fucking uh, blood thing, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Fuck was this funny. cowboy shit. He fucking throws the goddamn goat, throws the duster <laughs> off, throws the fucking cowboy hat off. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, just really, we keep harping on it and harping on it and harping on it, how good he is in the movie. You have to watch the fucking movie to really understand yeah. what we're talking about. He makes it the movie. So go watch it. With nothing blocking their advance and the relic secured, the Collector makes his way to Breaker to destroy the last of the Guardians and all but ensure hell on earth. However, in dramatic Katniss Everdeen fashion, Breaker plants an arrow in the greater demon's eye and manages to grab the relic and its case, fleeing upstairs with everyone but Bob and Irene. Irene straps up with the grenade vest, sacrificing her life and Bob's for the sake of humanity. Now down to three, the remnants of the group hole up in the attic, where they use the last of the relic blood to seal a single window and discover that Geraldine is destined for something greater. She is destined to be the next guardian. Dun dun dun! Big reveal. I I get that we got to get characters out of the way, and that you know we got to get down to the to the main folks here. But why didn't they just reseal the attic with the blood and Irene and the cop could have lived? Well, we know that but fat cop would get. It. Bob definitely could have <laughs> like not that had roof to stay collapsed, there. That roof collapsed. His fat ass up there. And then Irene didn't have one, one arm. Who the fuck wants to live with just one arm? She was a sweet old lady. Yeah, let's don't forget she's missing an arm this whole fucking movie. Yep, I loved when uh, the collector came with the fucking platter to serve it, the arm to her. <laughs> He's like, well, what do we have today? <laughs> and then uh, CCH powder, her fucking delivery is fantastic where she pulls the grenade vest. Supper time. Supper time. <laughs> <laughs> I think she had that. fun. I know Billy Zane had fun with this movie. I think she had some fun too. Yeah, and this is this is actually one of those realization moments too. I always thought the name of this movie was Demon Night, as in nighttime, until this fucking scene, and I realized that Breaker was a demon knight, as in a knight who fights demons. Blew my fucking mind because it all takes place over one night. I was like, oh, this is just a demon knight, you know? That's uh. However, before Geraldine is granted her new power, the little shit Danny becomes possessed and absolutely fucks Breaker's world up, ripping into his guts with a clawed hand and digging into his insides with a demonic tongue. 
Breaker drops the relic and distracts the new demon spawn just long enough for Geraldine to drop kick his little ass through the sealed window, turning him into a dead ass bitch. Dying on the floor, Breaker's heart pumps just long enough to fill the relic up with his blood, and he transfers his powers to the ex-convict. The old vet dies, and with it, his blood seals fade, and the collector makes his way up into the attic. So, I really enjoyed how they connected the comic book to the scene with Danny. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was fucking, yeah, that was great. Super cool. It was really good. I like the practical effects on Danny right here was the stuff of fucking nightmares. That shit was freaky. When he stuck that tongue inside the dude's stomach, that was fucking crazy. I didn't see that shit yeah. coming. That was like Cordelia. That kind of came out of left field. Yeah, like I didn't expect it to get that dirty and that raw. I liked oh. when they were talking about the uh, relic or whatever. Danny's like off camera, and you could tell like in any classic horror movie, somebody's off camera and this kind of shit's been going on. Like a conversation's going on for too long, and you don't see him. You know, some bad shit's about to happen. Yeah. Did you just hear his little voice say, "Can I have it?" I was like, "Oh shit, here he goes, Danny! Here we go, let's get it." Nuggets, Danny. <laughs> and uh, uh, Breaker's sitting there with a fucking hole in his chest, talking. And filling this damn canister up with blood. Pumping. I was like, this is a lot going on the for this man. fucking pumping out of it, man. <laughs> he's been waiting since, like, World War One to do this shit. So, he's going to do it in fashion. This little monster just tongue-fucked this guy's heart valves. Like, he was sticking his tongue up in the guy's heart circles. <laughs> he's still able to transfer his power and shit. You know? And make you want to eat a salad. You are the chosen one. Geraldine, covered in blood comes out of hiding as the greater demon promises to spare her if she hands over the key. Extending his hand, he grasped hers, only to realize the blood is that of the deceased guardian and his skin fries. The demon makes a hasty retreat and the new guardian climbs down in pursuit. She makes her way to a bathroom where she is overwhelmed by her quarry and washed clean of the blood in a tub, leaving her defenseless. Geraldine tries to use the relic against the collector, but he breaks her wrist, emptying the bottle in the tub in the process, leaving a very small amount of guardian blood intact. She takes the key in her other hand, stabbing him in the eye, distracting the fiend just long enough to take a swig from the key-shaped vessel. The greater demon drags the girl downstairs, where he taunts and humiliates her until he decides to deliver the killing blow, and with it, ending the line of guardians. Just before he can enact her demise, she spits a mouthful of demon-slaying blood into his face, and what follows is a pretty badass death scene where we see the Collector's true form as a winged and horned hell beast. He erupts into flames and explodes, revealing the sun as it rises over distant mountains. Yeah, her getting naked basically and doing like a full bloodbath situation here, it's kind of fucking weird. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Why was she naked? I don't fucking know. To tempt him? I don't know. Look at my tits. They're covered in blood. Don't you like this, you fucking demon perv? You know Breaker's been out there since World War One. Slaying. You know he been fucking. He's seen you know, them all, man. You know he been laying pipe on somebody. You know he's got some He got them old diseases. He's blue got- collar, like Hootie said. He's blue collar, man. He, he lays pipe. <laughs> he don't hire nobody to do it for him. He's equal opportunist, okay? Yeah, you know he might have some some sort of blood disease. But uh, yeah, then the whole taunting sequence, the dancing, the flirtation, all it's fucking great. And then like the fire dick thing, or whatever the fuck that God, was about. That was so weird. When he got like an erection and he like ejaculated fire. Like, oh shit. And then he heard like a zipper sound effect and he pulled it back in. And he said, I apologize for that. <laughs> fire dick is my only note on that. <laughs> fire dick question mark. My only note on that was when he's uh, when he's dancing with her and he's sweet talking. He goes, "I'm clean. I don't drink much." <laughs> I like the boss. I know my parents yeah, are gonna love you. He's, he had a sweetness to him that I appreciated. Geraldine returns to Breaker's body, filling the relic once more with blood, and makes her way to a bus stop. She places a blood seal on the door of the bus out of town, just to be safe. She watches from her seat's window as a trench coat-wearing man carrying a familiar case decides not to enter, electing to make his way on foot as the bus disappears over the horizon. 
He said, nah. I'll take the next one. I think this is the guy from the movie Bones, isn't it? Snoop Dogg? Was that Snoop? I thought this was like yeah, Snoop Dogg. I thought this led into the movie Bones. And with all that in the rear view, so ends the first movie in the TFTC film trilogy, Demon Knight. Aside from the closing bookend of the uh, Crypt Keeper and more dead on puns. It's all downhill from here. The Keeper is mm. fire, man. Anything this fucking does is just great. Yeah, I like the whole, like, I mean, it bookends the, the movie just as it does the, the episodes of the TV show. So. Reminds me Pretty of uh, John Goblicon when he had, like, his, when he was going out on the red carpet. Shit crap. Little known fact, he's really good friends with John Goblicon. Fuck yeah, John Goblicon. <laughs> Besties. Did you guys happen to catch the after the credits plug? Uh, yeah, for, for two Dead movies Easy. that don't exist, for movies that never came to a be, a movie that never came to be, a movie that turned into Bordello of Blood. Yeah, apparently they mm. removed that from the Blu-ray copy, but it still exists on the DVD copies of this movie. I watched this on my double DVD set, Bordello of Blood mm. and Demon Knight. Yes. You own this. I own this. I like the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. How really much Corey Feldman get a motherfucker taken one night? <laughs> that was so. God, this old. These only get worse for the love of God. Yeah, I hope they put it blood for a like, long time. Pretty much, me saying it's all downhill from here is in reference to the next two movies. Jesus. All right, boys. That wraps up the story beats. What about uh, memorabilia? What do we want to take home from the Crypt Keepers layer? Uh, I'll go first because my piece of memorabilia connects to the Lost Boys way back when. Oh, shit. It absolutely has to be the key because this can go back to the wine bottle in the Lost Boys that they drank from or whatever that damn thing was. The bedazzled wine bottle, yeah. I still believe, fellas. I still believe. Well, I still got it. I still got it. Don't get me wrong. So I can't. I mean, don't fucking I still sleep got on it. Now. Hold on, now. Don't sleep on it. Twenty twenty two. What's up? Let me clear. <clears throat> I still believe. So I guess I'm learning that there is something about blood being in a bottle that I really enjoy. Oh, I really so, fucking like this shit. Whatever that means, it's I'm born again. This bedazzled ass Bed Bath and Beyond fucking bottle <laughs> that these motherfuckers be drinking blood and shit out of. Let me cop that badass comic book that Danny is reading, because that shit can predict the future. And I bet if I had a demon tug like that, I'd be getting a girlfriend so fucking fast, bro. Well, personally, I would love to take the Crypt Keeper himself, but that's kind of cheating, so I'm going to settle for that fresh-ass bedazzled tux that he wore to the movie premiere. That motherfucker was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And that fucking dude, obviously, they had like dope. a stunt guy in there in that costume. So, but you know the I size know of exists. that the size of that shit fits like a goddamn skeleton corpse. So I don't think you, I hope you're not planning on wearing it. I could put it on my kiddo, man. There you go. That's fucking great, though. I loved it. All right, on to fan reviews. This week's reviews come by way of Rotten Tomatoes. Five star review this week comes by way of Horror Fan, which is a pretty fitting uh, screen name. Man, this movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, and it still does. I can barely watch it without getting scared. Trust me, IDC. If you're a horror fan or not, it will still scare the shit out of you. And I love Tales of the Crypt. Their show is awesome, and their movies, this movie, is really worth seeing, smiley face. Not unless you're chicken shit like me, LOL. Well, I'm not. It's because this movie is scary. It gave me nightmares when I was a kid. My dad had it on the TV, and that's when I saw the movie, Smiley Face, LOL, Smiley Face. <laughs> tongue Face? Yeah, yeah, Tongue Face. All right. Yes. So that dude loved the fuck out of this movie. Even though it was I scary love that guy's review, man. Yeah, he was very like enthusiastic about how scary My dad had it on the TV, and that's when I saw it. <laughs> he, says, he said, unless you're chicken shit like me, LOL, why I'm not? I need this dude just reading our fucking plot. Because I was a kid. This dude needs what? to host our show. This dude went to Rotten Tomatoes, made the effort to get, to review this film. That is awesome. Just to tell you, he watched it on the TV when his dad <laughs> had it on. All right, and this week, our low-tier low, uh, low tier review is kind of disappointing. All the one-star reviews kind of fucking sucked. They were just, like, hypercritical and had the wrongs. Well, pretty much. 
Um, so this week, we're coming in with a two-star review by way of Stephen G. And this review is kind of fucking weird. So you guys bear with me. It's really, really short. It was a really stupid movie, but one of my happiest memories is of watching it with Brittany. The fuck? So that's like, he's kind of just that's like it? reminiscing about like watching movies with an ex, maybe. Uh, so it's like a fucking heartbreak. <laughs> that's the whole review? That's the whole review. <laughs> Why do I feel so awkward right that's now? That's what I'm saying. Like, I read that and I'm like, it really like made me think what, what happened? Like, was this the high point of their relationship was watching fucking Demon Knight? Is she still alive is what I'm thinking. When they did those keystrokes, man. Yeah. She might not be with us anymore. There's a story wonder, behind I, that review. If you're there, if you're if you're listening, Stephen G, we're here. I like said if you're there, like we're gonna have a seance. If you're out there, Brittany, <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> you're uh, out there, Brittany. <laughs> I sucked his dick. I sucked his dick during the movie in the theater. That was the somebody high pull out your Ouija board. It's time to talk. All right, fan reviews behind us. Let's uh, let's speak to the opinions of the three professors here. Get out your big fat red markers and give this assignment a letter grade. Demon Knight gets a B from your boy. B for badass B movie and B for Billy fucking Zane. Speaking of, Mr. Zane plays one of the greatest horror villains ever in this movie and his performance makes it worth the hour and a half investment alone. The rest of the cast brings a little something for everyone, especially the comic relief of Thomas Hayden Church. Um, the practical effects are fucking great, just, just as much as the CGI effects are ass even taking into consideration that it's a 25-plus-year-old movie, I think these effects looked bad back in 95. Um, the score is great. There's songs from Pantera, Sepultura, Megadeth, as well as the song 1-800-Suicide by Gravediggers that's fucking fire. Um, although Demon Knight doesn't leave any lasting mark on the genre and may feel hollow and unfulfilling to some, the movie is just fun and worth a watch for any fan of uh, Tales from the Crypt, as it feels like an extended episode of the original series. Watch the movie just to bear witness to Billy Zane's performance alone. We need more Zane. Give me more Zane. Zaniness. I want to be Zane in the membrane, if you know what I'm saying. In Zane. Dude, that's a like fucking that. bar right there, dude. I like that. I felt like 50 cents. I felt like 75 cents right there. Oh, fuck. Inflation. That's fucking good. You said fucking inflation. <laughs> so I really enjoyed Demon Knight. Uh, no surprise. As I understand. Um, I thought it gave justice to the Tales from the Crypt television series crossing over into the film world for the first time. Obviously, I would have loved to have, it, to have seen From Dust Till Dawn represented with the same Tales from the Crypt uh, series. The film had the witty and pun-filled dialogue we've all come to expect from the series with an incredible cast of character actors between Billy Zane and the great Bill Sadler. The casting director should have made a career off of this film alone. If you want to enjoy a fun horror movie that does not take itself too seriously, go out of your way to watch Demon Knight. And I give this, the same as Joy, a B. I gave this a B as well. Not a B plus, not a B minus, a B. This movie was a nice reminder of simple pleasures. There's nothing too crazy going on here. Just the fucking Crypt Keeper spitting fire, Billy Zane in a fucking cowboy hat, and some goofy 90s TV movie action. The demons really do look great, and the story's hitting on just enough to satisfy its brief runtime. This movie is a product of the mid-90s, and all the better for it. So a B is where I settled. Damn, dude. We're of the same mindset, huh? Yeah, we're all This is a nice B movie. B movie. This is a B for a B movie. B B Billy Boy. Alright, with our opinions behind us, let's recap what us fuckos thought it was gonna get from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. I will lead with our guesses here. Let's start with the low man. Joey himself, the self proclaimed big fan, gave it a sixty. Well, I, I Big know, fan, huh? I know it's most people's like tasty shit, so I just like go based off of that. Oh, you just yeah, I got you. Most people like Fast and the Furious, you know. Yeah, yeah, Fan, that's, and that's Phantasm. Cool. So I go based off. Yeah, that. Phantasm, Phantasm Two as well. Yeah, there's always that. So, so good, boy. 
Joy led with a 60. Hootie a 63. Myself a 65. We were packed really fucking tight. Hootie's right there in the middle. Right there in the man, which... Mm, I want to be. So let's hit up this RT score, see what we got. Drum roll. Boom. A 64 from the Holy fans. Holy shit, dude. We all won. Damn. We all get to pick. Damn. We were all within five, but yeah, that's not how it works. Damn, this is a first. Me and Hootie are only off by one apiece. How should we settle this, boys? You want to flip a coin? Let's flip a coin. That's fair, right? That's Price is Right rules, isn't there? If you go over, That's then you're... Dun, 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 dun. I don't need Drew Carey in this bitch. Kind of the same mindset as on that one. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. You're just trying to cheat me out of another victory here. Let's flip a coin. Keep it fair. Keep it consistent. Here we go. What do you call it? Who do you heads or tails? Uh, Gotta go tails. Tails it is. If it is tails, tails never you fails. Shall, you shall pick. Otherwise, it won't be... Never fails. We got a fucking tails. You lucky bastard. How about that? It never fails. That still counts as like a half of a win for me, right? For doing rankings here. Yeah, so it looks like Mr. Hootie's going to get to pick for the first time in quite a while. I'm talking about. Getting back in the win column. But unfortunately, I got some some news for you here, my, my guy. Oh, God. We are due for a franchise movie. Next episode. It's always something, Joey. It's Every time. Um, Holds, get your little, get your uh, your me undies out of a knot. It's going to be two episodes before you get to make your choice, but you'll get it. You're still going to get it. But next time, next episode, we will be covering 1993's Leprechaun. Oh, fucking shit. Hey, it's my lucky charms. My lucky charms. It is that time of the year, my guy. Some Warwick fucking days. Oh, Patty's Day. They always trying to get me lucky charms. Patty's is coming. All right, so in the interest of preservation, we're going to watch this YouTube trailer for Leprechaun from 1993, it appears. Guaranteed not to be as good as Demon Knight's trailer. Yeah, that's an all-timer there for trailers. That, but, I uh, think Leprechaun movies get progressively better in terms of like watchability, too. Definitely when it goes to space, they do. Oh, fuck oh, me. Get back to the hood, dog. <laughs> this, this is gonna be fun. So let's uh, let's hit play. Leprechaun '93. Oh, look at that fucking logo, baby. Trimark. Trimark Studios presents of the Irish. Yes. This looks serious. being packed. Is that fucking John Goodman? And ship. And to a ship. little town in South Dakota. Whose luck oh, may have shit. just run out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Look at that fucking hat. <laughs> is, that, is that Emilio Estevez? Damn, I saw the cobwebs. Jesus. Is Emilio Estevez in this? Jennifer. Oh, damn, Jennifer Aniston looks hot in this fucking movie, dude. Oh, shit. Oh. Stick your fucking hand in the hole. He, he got my hand. Look at the back door. Galvin Casey. Oh shit! You gotta stop the bleeding. That fucking lightning, baby. Oh, God, in the cabinets. Sort of basement, sort of basement. I think for the scenes where they do the POV of the Leprechaun, they literally had a camera attached to Warwick Davis's head. Well, and he just had it fucking It's an Hey, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. It's out. It's out of the crate. <laughs> you know that Why did they trailer? order this crate to begin with? What in the fuck? You know, you know back in the day when that trailer <laughs> came out, people was creaming their fucking pants. It's out of the crate. So yeah. was the... Did my I just ear! They got my ear! That this white family in South Dakota bought a crate containing a human body? I think they, like, stumbled upon it on, like, a... I think it's, like, an Evil Dead setup, right? I don't fucking remember. Okay. okay. It's been a long time. I, I think just, they're on the trailer or some shit. Or it's like, I think they literally bought a crate of Lucky Charms, and they just, like, something happened. It was a mix-up. Full of Amazon fucked They sent him an actual fucking leprechaun instead. <laughs> Thanks, Bezos. So with that trailer behind us, we want to take some guesses here. 
how we feeling about an audience's perspective of the oh, leprechaun. Yeah, we got nothing to lose because, unfortunately, Hootie already won. Oh, it's so fortunate. I'll go ahead and take the first shot at it. Uh, big fan of the Leprechaun franchise. I, I know the first movie isn't really considered like the creme de la creme of Leprechaun humor, but in terms of a horror movie, it's like one of the better ones. Plus, you get to see a young Jennifer Anderson run around, and you know a lot of shots of her butt. Um, Tight pants. I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna say seventy on the nose. I will go next. Uh, again, kind of just to repeat what Joey said, they definitely do get better until space, and then Hood is good. There's a few missteps in between. Um, I would say this would be an 83. Oh, he's, he's got the prestige stamp there. Damn, I thought I was going to hide 70. Yeah, I got a feeling that, I don't know. I, I just don't know if it aged really, well. Yeah, I don't think people really that... I think a lot of people probably have seen it recently just due to the Jennifer Aniston connection and probably just review bombed it. So I'm going to say a 58. Thank you for listening. Check out the website, horriblefilmschool.com to find us on basically all platforms. Hit us up on Instagram. Leave the Apple Pod and Spotify reviews. Spread that big juicy horror seed. I'm going to use this sign off to offer my support to women hooking in abandoned churches while staving off thirsty postal workers. Remember, just because old Wally seems like a sweet guy, it don't mean he ain't about to shoot up the place while wearing another human being's face. Isn't that lovely? As always, if you're hearing our wonderful voices, tell at least one person you know, spread the love, spread the campaign that is the horrible film school. And please go out of your way at some point in the coming weeks to put down the Netflix, put down the Hulu, pick up Demon Knight, and enjoy the ride that is this film. And then realize that you need to stop and just take it for what it is and do not continue the journey. And with that, I'm out. Thanks for all the listens, the follows, the likes, the downloads, all that good stuff. Had a lot of fun with this episode, um, taking a trip down memory lane. And we'll continue that trip next week next episode, excuse me, when we go clover picking with 1993's Leprechaun. Class dismissed. <laughs>